0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to another weekly video report. Now, today we're going to be talking about macro, we're going to be talking about stocks and markets, and of course, we're going to be talking a little bit about Bitcoin. Now, the main news today comes, of course, from the hands of Janet Yellen and Jerome Powell and Ben Ben Bernanke, all of which have had some interesting words to say in recent days. Now, we had Janet Yellen on a CNN interview this morning talk about her outlook for the financial system and that. June X date. Yeah, the date where the uh the federal government is going to be running out of money. Now I did talk a little bit about that in the newsletter, addressing how there was some idea that um that this uh June date could actually be pushed back to August, even September. Um so she actually came out today and emphasized that this is a hard date. Um I could talk a little bit about that maybe on the next uh, newsletter. And she did talk a little bit about the financial system and how she expects more, um, more mergers to happen. Okay, and following that, we have of course seen the uh, regional banks, the KRE, which I did advise uh, buying a while back. Yeah, and we did get a nice rally from there. And but today we have seen we did see the index fall um, down to about thirty eight fifty six. Now rebounding a little bit into that thirty nine. So actually. It was down over three percent now, rebounding a little bit there, okay. And um, yeah, let's go ahead and talk about that KRE chart now. Uh, for those of you subscribed to the um to the service, you know that I did point out uh, quite in quite a timely manner that uh, we were looking at um, a good strong divergence, yeah. So you can see here on the daily chart that divergence on the KRE, this price going down while the RSI is going up. So we're seeing signs of exhaustion in the selling. And I did advise buying the KRE, I believe it was around 36. So somewhere around uh, here, I did talk about uh, buying that. So far, that trade has worked out quite well. Um, if we look at the daily chart, uh, we did. Um, we are heading basically into that 50-day moving average. And in terms of the Elliott Wave structure, yeah, although it's not quite clear, Let's look at the 4-hour, make it a little bit easier. Yeah? We could identify an initial 1-2 here and a three, four, five, which would help us finish that impulse. Now, if we wanted to get a good target for that based on the FIB levels, we'd be looking at a wave 3 ending around here at the 44 level. Yeah, and maybe rallying to 47 before more substantial, maybe pullback which could take us back to this level. Now, of course, this is a key level of resistance here, yeah? this band right here, where we traded for so long. So this, I would say, is the first level of resistance. And I would say I'd expect us to probably hover around this, um, this 42, 44 area uh, for a while, yeah. So initially, I think if we can pump or up to about 44, 45, that could be a good place to, to take profits. Yeah, and then I'd expect a little bit of a pullback in four. And then maybe marginally higher high in wave five, but as we can see, you know, we could see basically quite a quite a lot of a sideways movement here as we struggle to break out of this range. Um, And of course, that is on the daily chart. We have the 50-day moving average at around 42 coming in there, so we'll have to deal with that. Um, Overall, though, still quite uh, bullish on this trade, which has worked out quite well. And like I said uh, yesterday worth holding uh, for the long term as well. Yeah, I, I reckon uh, there's no particular need uh, to sell out early. I think we can hold this. And eventually, I would say, you know, within the next year or so, I would expect us to to head back into these levels at some point, okay? So, like I said, uh, not a bad idea to hold on to that, okay? And in terms of that, in line basically with my overall bullish outlook, which I outlined also, here, yeah, looking at all those bullish charts, talking about why money supply, um, you know, is leading inflation down. Looking at the technical chart, and uh, of course, um, basically comparing the recent rate pause to that 2006 uh rate pause, yeah, where we got that good rally in 2006, yeah, even though for a lot of people, I think it was already clear that there was something wrong perhaps with the market, yeah, despite that. You know, the old saying that the market can stay irrational longer than you can say solvent applies. And to an extent, not that the market is irrational because I think a pause does basically give the market a good excuse to rally. Yeah, like the market can say, okay, we have you know, monetary tightening coming to an end. And like I said, the economy for the moment holding up quite well. And that is kind of um, a little bit about what's been talked about uh, today. Of course, we had Jerome Powell, Uh, Talking about monetary policy and basically, you know, um, same stuff as as you would expect, really, um, talking about how we've had the um, the labor market and the economy being more resilient than expected. And of course, how that might play out into achieving that Fed's 2% target. Now, um, the idea that I have right now basically is that we are going to see disinflation. But I do hold a longer term view that that inflation is going to persist or even uh, come back eventually, right? But so to that extent, I do agree with a lot of people saying, well, you know, you can't have meaningful uh, disinflation without an economic crisis. And I believe that uh, could come, you know, within the next two years or maybe even less. But before that, I do believe we are entering that kind of Goldilocks period where we are getting the disinflation and the numbers are holding up quite well okay and anyway so not really much to add here with what jerome powell said um you know kind of talking about this idea as always you know the the fed will be a data data dependent but kind of hinting to an extent that the idea that um rates should be uh you know the fed should be done hiking at this point And that is what is reflected here. If we look at the target rate probabilities, now close to about 80% of market participants expecting that Fed pause for the next meeting on the 14th of June. Okay, But again, nonetheless, I will point out yet again this chart, this all-important chart that I've talked about before where we have those um, spikes in inflation during that 1970s uh period, and I expect kind of a similar dynamic possibly to play out uh you know in the next decade, okay, but nonetheless, you know, like I said, point out here with these arrows very simply, when you get that um you know that inflation heading down, you usually uh, see strong recoveries in in markets, yeah, so this is what I'm expecting more immediately, but of course we have to be careful because I do expect us to come down you know at some point. I guess I mean obviously I've said this before. A recession will occur at some point. You know you can you can always say that and you can you can you will always be right. The point is you know when and um, you know obviously so far we've been right not to not to short the market like a lot of people looking for those O type looking for those new all time lows and the market is just denying that yeah because we can see here. Just looking at the SPX, um, obviously, we we're talking about this this triangle here. And though I did say that we could head a little bit lower, and I would be buying that dip, I also said I was positioned for the upside. And we did indeed get that breakout to the upside. Yeah, So for the time being, SPX, of course, challenging that 4200 level of resistance. It sort of broke above it, I think. If we look at the um, smaller time frame, we did sort of, just about break above that um, kind of B wave high we have here. Of course, right now being rejected, but ultimately I think pretty significant and really uh, giving the bulls some strong arguments here that we are heading further up. Now, the target for this, if we look um, look at the main structure here, of course, we'd be looking at this being our wave one and measuring from around here we'd get a target for our wave three of, you know, somewhere we'd expect, I mean, again, anywhere between one and 1.618 possible. So I would say easily around 4,400 maybe for that wave three. Um, Sorry, exactly. So the wave three up here, the uh, larger wave three, that we're measuring would take us to about here, yeah, maybe 40, even 4,900. But it could be a bit lower. Uh, that depends on how you measure it. Yeah, we could also look at the smaller degree structure. Again, these are all indicative. you have to uh, be able to uh, look at these targets with a bit of a um, with a bit of a scepticism, you know. But similarly, you know, if we then look at the complete five wave structure we have here, it does take us to a very similar range, which is that forty nine hundred. Yeah, maybe even. Just about actually just about surpassing those previous all time highs okay and you know it's a matter of uh it's a matter of time at this point I've seen a lot of people um you know if you look at the European markets, a lot of them are already um are already uh, reaching those all time highs yeah we have for example here the DAx we can see in comparison the DAx actually did has already uh broken above its previous high. And, um, again, I'd be very surprised if we didn't see the SPX go the same way. Now, obviously, uh, the NASDAQ has been outperforming the SPX quite noticeably, yeah, and that is to be expected again. I do believe we are seeing more of a uh, risk on environment, right? So we have seen, in fact, uh, the Dow even down on many of these days with – Followed by and then the SPX kind of uh, going up even more slowly, and the Nasdaq uh, being the big outperformer uh, in the last few days. Now, question is: We are at this point getting a little bit uh, overboard. Obviously, we can see that on the four-hour chart. Uh, we might also see that on the one-day chart. Of course, uh, quite good in terms of momentum that we have managed to like with the uh, get the RSI to break above that. Um, to break above that previous level we had here. Yeah. So that indicating that momentum is strong. Yeah, there's there's volume and there's there's strength behind this movement. But of course, at some point you have to wonder uh when we're going to get a bit of a pullback. Now, I could look, I could think about a more immediate pullback maybe happening and retesting uh this trend line level. Yeah. Of course, this was resistance before. Now it becomes support. But you know, more on the larger time frame, you know. Even though you could consider shaving a bit off now, uh, I mean yesterday, especially obviously down today. Um, you know, on the more immediate time frame, I'd expect us, sorry, on the more medium term, I'd expect us to keep rallying you know, at least into this level that I have here. Kind of that's getting us close to the one point six one eight or one point two seven two. Um, you know closer to that um Closer to that trend line we have here, which is, let's see, actually a bit of, get it a bit more straight. Um, again, this kind of depends on maybe use the four-hour chart to make it a little bit more clear. So if we look, for example, at that trend line coming in from up here, Too too many lines here. <laughs> of course, we had that, that ball flag forming here. Yeah. Ball flag structure here, ball flag structure here. So again, probably get something similar where we rally into this wave three, get a little bit of that ball flag structure. Basically, that kind of short uh, retracement. Um that kind of um sorry guys for moving this around so much. Just trying to get this um to make a bit more sense. Uh yeah, basically looking at that, I would say. 14,500 uh, 14, as maybe a big major level to come in next, year. Important FIB level and kind of where we would get that, um, that trend line coming in, yeah? For that kind of channel that we are forming at this point. Trend line over here. So um yeah, to that extent, we have seen the Nasdaq outperforming. And I do expect the Nasdaq to uh to keep outperforming again. This is kind of a more risk-on environment. Now, in terms of that, uh what we haven't seen outperform so much is of course the cryptos, right? We have Bitcoin uh kind of basically hovering around um hovering around the same levels for some time. Now, I I did want to point out before we get into the fun um the technical analysis. Uh, on the fundamental side, quite bullish news that we got a couple of days ago with Tether saying that it would invest 50% of its net profits into Bitcoin, okay? So quite interesting there. That would amount to around 22 million based on the last station report, which the company generates 1.48 billion of net profit. Okay, nothing huge, but again, um, somewhat of an interesting interesting and quite bullish news for Bitcoin. Now, here is the chart for Bitcoin and we are pretty much stuck in this range uh, over here. We can see with Bitcoin kind of uh, going up and down here, uh, not quite wanting to to head further down. Now, I did point out that we were kind of um, getting a, a bit of exhaustion to the downside here, not quite managing to, to make lower lows on the RSI in this move here but uh the structure does look a bit corrective I would like to see maybe us hit that um lower low uh maybe challenge that um kind of that twenty five thousand three hundred dollar level which is the um fifty percent retracement of this wave one here uh so that would definitely if we got to challenge that area. Uh, we may feel a bit more comfortable about this coming rally but for now i mean the the lines are pretty much set here we are range bound in this area right here uh looking for looking for some kind of a signal yeah and again bitcoin could be range bound for a while ultimately though i do expect that um that to break out now i will reiterate once again that to the extent that we are moving on to that risk on environment i also think we're going to see the um you know we, we might see some of the the more um i did post a couple of weeks ago i said long beta right because um the more volatile uh assets you could see outperform now this is the ether bitcoin chart of course uh, which shows how ether has been slowly outperforming bitcoin and on the grander scheme of things we're basically getting ready I believe, for a big breakout from here, which would send Ethereum. Uh, I mean, when this line goes up, obviously it means that Ethereum is outperforming. And that is usually the signal of out season, right? Where outcoins begin to outperform. And already I'm seeing, you know, pretty much a lot of, res- well, not a lot of resilience, but notable resilience on the outcoins, yeah? Where, you know, even though, I mean, it's actually right now the structure, for example, in Cardano looks a lot more bullish than in Bitcoin. This is actually slowly grinding up, at least you know, uh, with that kind of very clear low in place there. And of course, if we look at some of the others, uh, I pointed out the other day, uh, Lido Finance, um, you know, big big bump here in the um, in the um, in the price. Yeah, this is, and this is um, you know something that I talk about in the marketplace. We did uh, talk about those outcoins here yeah, in our outcoins opportunities, how all of those uh, hit our target levels and how we've seen some good reactions. yeah. This chart will be, um, so this chart in, you know, finance uh, will be a bit more indicative. You can see there that was my target area and basically how we've bounced back, uh, quite impulsively from there now, of course getting got a bit overboard overboard there a little bit of a but again it's looking quite uh, bullish now finally what i wanted to talk about as well is um the idea of um you know the bitcoin price moving forward in terms of the larger structure right um now i have talked a lot about you know how i like to make comparisons know. Yeah? Uh, and I was talking about that. Um, well, this comparison, right? The bloody uh, lines everywhere. Okay, that's the wave one, um, right? That uh, the idea of that uh, Bitcoin halving cycle, right? So if we look at the chart, right? Maybe look at the weekly chart. Um, So we had the Bitcoin halving here back in 2020, right? And the way it worked is we got that kind of a, we got a pretty significant impulse. Uh, this is not locked. That's why it looks so weird. Okay. Uh, we got that pretty significant impulse move from 3,000, but then because of the COVID crash, we got a big retracement, something that you know, could be expected in a wave two. Yes, yeah? so down about 72%, as we can see here after rallying about 346%. Now, um, I've been talking about how we could be expecting a similar move here, and ultimately, uh, Bitcoin could reach somewhere on this structure that we have outlined here, which is the main one I'm tracking. We could see Bitcoin maybe top around uh, 40, maybe even close to 50,000 before we get a more substantial pullback in a wave two. Again, wave two wave waves two can retrace uh you know uh 61, maybe even maybe even more, but they can also be shallow. Yeah? And this is something that we have to take into account. And this is something that um been seeing some people point out, which is that if we go um oh, this doesn't go, this doesn't this chart doesn't go back uh, far enough. So if we look at Bitcoin, let's see on uh uh this one old time history index um some people I've seen talk about uh, how maybe this is not so much like um like here, right, where we got that one two, but in fact, we could be looking at maybe more of a steady grind up, yeah, something like we saw, for example, in <clears throat> in twenty sixteen, um, right, where we just got more like very short, just retracements and just more of a grind, more of a steady grind up, yeah, and it's also something that um, we've seen, for example, uh, here in twenty. 20- 2012 as well when we bought some here, big impulse and yeah some order retracement yeah that, I obviously I still believe right if you look at the Bitcoin cycle, you get normally you get that impulse that distribution, sorry bear market, uh, distribution, and impulse right um, kind of three phases but of course the question is how far back can the uh, can we retrace and I just wanted to open you guys up to the possibility that we might not retrace that much and we might, um, again, we might top, you know, we might say, um, could this cycle be different, right? Uh, so far, you know, we're following similar structures to the previous halving cycles, right? Um, I mean, this is no, this is no news to, to most people, but just in case, uh, just to review, right. That's the, uh, that's the stock to flow model. And this is kind of what I'm talking about, right? Um, yeah you know look at the the heat map here, showing you the um uh, the days until the next halving so of course um when we change yeah you know, into the red that's this is the halving dates here right and we can see basically that impulse uh, and more of the bear market distribution impulse bear market distribution impulse bear market uh, distribution and impulse right but again, yeah basically what I'm saying is instead of looking like more like this. Because we did get that COVID nineteen crisis, we could just grind up, and also the possibility that you know we could finish most of the impulse maybe even before the halving, right? Uh, so this is something I have to take into account, especially when everyone is uh, trying to preempt this, and you know models do break eventually. So I'm just saying uh, we have to be open to things being different. Okay, to that extent, uh, we have to be open to maybe uh, holding on. I would say you know holding on to that Bitcoin. Uh, maybe a bit longer, yeah. This is not a, again, once we start going, this is not a train you want to get off. And also being open to the possibility that, um, you know, maybe we could top sooner than we think, yeah. Because if we look at the macro timeline, I think that, like I said before, we do have some excuse to rally in the more immediate term with the pause. But as soon as that um, economic data starts to deteriorate a bit more, we could see a big crash, you know, kind of. I'm going back to that 2006-2008 uh, comparison. I do think that that something similar could be in the cards, and that's something that we we have to um, we have to be wary of. Yeah. So just just saying that. Um, you know, ultimately, liquidity is an important driver of the market. And actually, that reminds me of um, perhaps final point, which is I also talked about a trade idea recently, which was going along China, something that I'm still you know, standing by. Um, I recently talked about Alibaba, that's uh, a company that I've happy along, and this is Qfin, which is actually a trade that I talked about a while back. And we have actually now uh, hit my target for that. With basically, I had a buyer here at 15.7, I said we are now at um well below that actually at about 14.27. Now, I did say that basically. Okay, so I said 15.7. That's above that 50% retracement. That would be target one. And I did say that the way I would play this is basically open half a position here and maybe open half a position here. And this is basically my lower limit um, for going long here. So again, I'm pointing this out now. If you haven't, um, I mean, if you already bought a bit higher, obviously you're a bit underwater now. Good time to double down. If you haven't bought uh, this, I believe, is a very good place for QFin, Yet yeah? Again, I think China is set to outperform, uh, again, well, and this stock in particular, one, this is a high beta stock, like I said, so this will give you um, kind of slightly uh, more volatility in terms of upside and downside. And I do see uh, China as possibly outperforming going forward because of a lot of the issues that I've also talked about. If we look at what we saw at the beginning of the year, with China uh, reducing um, its key interbank lending rates and um, opening the door to that fiscal stimulus, and that is actually something that, following the recent uh, economic news coming out of China, those lower retail sales, we've opened the door to that again and again. China has a lot of leeway to to ease monetary policy. That's something that they can do, and I believe will do. Which is why I think you know, if you look at how we rallied over here. This rally was in part, I would say, towards the end of the year. Um, This is when we got that push in liquidity, right? And this, more or less, going into January, people were saying, oh, why is everything rallying so much? Oh, we've got a lot of global liquidity. We've got China easy. We've got the Bank of Japan. Um, And I have a chart somewhere of this, how we saw that global liquidity rising. And now we've got the Fed pausing and... Possibly um, China going back into easing, uh, Japan not scrapping the yield curve control. So again, liquidity coming in. And speaking of which, Japan, of course, uh, one of the indexes that has been performing very well, uh, breaking above um, you know its previous highs and basically making almost uh, new all-time highs. Yeah, we see this is that kind of pre-bubble high, and basically we're we're approaching that. And this is something that's been pointed out by Buffett. Also a good time to buy Japanese stocks. Um, Even though they are a bit um, perhaps um, overboard Japan, I would still hold maybe for the long term. Europe is another case. European stocks have done very well. And I think uh, that could maybe be over. Anyway, I think maybe we'll talk about that on the next video. As always, guys, I hope you enjoy this content. Stay tuned for more. And don't forget to let me know in the comments. What you like, what you didn't like. And yep, see you on Monday. Have a good weekend.